Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, NAGP Resurrection. <clears throat> Back up in that ass with the resurrection. Uh, yep. And I'm your host today because we don't know where Joe is. Uh, we lost him on an expedition into the wild blue yonder. Anyway. <laughs> Joe likes to say what we're going to do. First, we're going to do the news. Hard. And fast. And the butt. And then we're going to have a topic. And uh, this week's topic is going to be Pokemon Go. Or not Pokemon Go, just Pokemon in general. Pokemon, man. And then we'll give you some recommendations. And then... We'll give some final thoughts. Yep. All right. All right. Um, I didn't know why, but this article is from the AV Club. It's by Matt Girardi, and it's just some highlights from Evo 2016. Yeah, Evo happened. A couple noteworthy things. Uh, I guess spoilers, if you were... Looking to watch the videos, there have been plenty of them, both compilations and just like full-on like live recordings from the whole event. It's uh, pretty big, happened at the Bellagio, not, not the Bellagio, Mandalay Bay, uh, big swanky hotel. Um, I want to say maybe like 15,000 in attendance or something like that, some huge number. Um, couple minor things. I guess spoilers start now. Uh, a Mega Man player took uh, Smash Brothers for Wii U, which is apparently weird. Mega Man's not a, uh, I guess, high tier character. Mm. Blew everyone out. Um, player by the name of Chris G took Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Now, this guy's a beast, but apparently he's been uh, coming up short in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Blew through uh, Justin Long. I think he's a guy even non-fighting game people know of due to that clip. Everyone knows Justin. Yeah. He's on some weird reality show, too, about gaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he managed to beat Justin Wong, and it came down to him and another player named Kane Blue River. Kane Blue River is a... I want to say he's the guy who went through a sort of saga of which with another character named... Character. They are characters. Fuck it. Another character named Filipino Champ. I'd say find a compilation of the videos involving those two. It's uh, entertaining. But yeah. Chris G managed to beat them both and uh, took that... Um, only other noteworthy thing, uh, the East still has Street Fighter V. I think one American player made it to, like, the top eight. In the end, I think it was a Korean player that took it. Are you sure? Yeah, I know it's a Korean player who took it. Mm-hmm. They When they asked him, um, I think they were asking him about, like, how he won... Or, like, what gave him the edge. And uh, all he said was download complete. And what does that mean? 
Well, after uh, watching the guy he was playing against in the first round, he kind of like took in all his tactics and figured out how to just completely annihilate him. Interesting. I want to go to at least one Evo before I die. Yeah, me too. I I want to like compete in Tekken someday, even if it's just like low level. One day we got to do it. We just got to like lock ourselves in somebody's basement. And and they and beat ourselves back in the shape. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fun times at Evo. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Tight. I played the most recent Smash Brothers once. <laughs> few, I played a demo a few weeks ago with some friends, and uh, I got my ass kicked every time. But the one time I did win, it was with Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, this next article... Not so many fun times. It's uh, from Polygon by Allegra Frank. Uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers player dropped from team following sexual harassment allegations. Can, can I just say that I get infuriated every time this shit happens? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's going to take longer than anyone thinks for the stink of something like this to wash out. <laughs> yeah. Um, following allegations that he had molested a female player, a professional Super Smash Brothers player has been removed from his popular competitive team. Inc- incident occur- occurred on July 16th, the same day as the Super Smash Brothers for Wii U finals at this year's Evo. Uh, Victoria Perez, another Smash competitor, alleged that Christian Hayuga Medina molested her in a post she shared on Twitter yesterday. Uh, he's a highly regarded Smash player from Mexico. Uh, signed to VG Boot Camp. Let's see, I really don't know how to write this because this has never happened to me before, but last night I was molested by Hyuga. She wrote in her first post on the incident. We let him into our room because we did not want him wandering around Las Vegas drunk and alone. Perez said that Medina later got into bed with Perez and her boyfriend, himself a smash player, and proceeded to grope her. The incident, according to Perez, occurred over the course of 15 minutes until a friend was able to remove Medina from the room. Uh... A very strange, like, I don't really want to know the details, but that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty bad. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they just made a statement that said, we heard the accusations, groped a woman. Uh, after talking to all the parties and witnesses involved, we believe that these accusations are true. Although he was heavily intoxicated during the incident, there's no excuse for these actions. Starting immediately, he's no longer a representative of the VGC proof team. He seems to have been blocked from everything and <laughs> is not up for reassessment till 2017. Yeah. There's a text that he sent to someone or a direct message on Twitter. <laughs> With lots of broken English. Yeah. Whatever, dude. You done fucked up, son. Get the fuck out of here. I like his venom and, and, and we're all having to live with the stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be. There's a picture on the article, and he is, of course, the doofiest-looking motherfucker I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. It's funny you say that, because I thought it was the dude on the right when I first read this article. Because that dude... I, I was looking at this picture thinking, don't be the dude on the left. Don't be the dude <laughs> on the left. Yeah. 
It was the dude on the left. Congratulations, Senor Medina. You're who Donald Trump is talking about. <laughs> We're building a wall to keep you out, motherfucker. More bad times. Pro skier Matia, Matilda Rappaport was killed while filming for Ubisoft. Uh, it's from Polygon by Philip Kohler. Mm. Uh, Matilda Rappaport, a Swedish professional skier known for participating in extreme sports events, died yesterday while filming footage to be used in connection with Ubisoft's upcoming game, Steep. Um, looks like she was caught in an avalanche in the Andes uh, near Santiago, Chile. That's sad. Yeah. It's weird to think about. Yeah, that that yeah, the, this industry has like a casualty associated with it. Maybe, maybe more, but like there's definitely more, probably. I'm sure, but I'm sure there's lots of salary men that have off themselves in Japan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's weird to think that she had this nice opportunity for this game that's probably going to come out and get like. A 70 on Metacritic, and everyone will forget about in three years, and she gave her life for this. Well, it might be fun as shit. It could you be. Consider that. I hope it's good, but... I hope it is fun as shit. And maybe they'll find some nice way to tribute her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, uh, she went out doing what she loved. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could, like... Have a heart attack, sitting on your couch, regretting all your life choices, or <laughs> get mauled by a bear, or you know, just something, something thoroughly unpleasant with like regrets and what ifs in your mind and heart. So, I guess worst way to go, worst ways to go, is what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Matilda Rappaport, R.I.P. Yep. Um, All right, so... (laughs) In more bad news, uh, or I I should say, hashtag fuck Konami news. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Why does it have to look so good? Yep. So, Konami released a new trailer for Metal Gear Solid 3 Pachinko. Uh-huh. And, uh... It looks spiffy. All these beautiful Fox Engine rendered scenes of, uh... Metal Gear Solid 3. It just looks like the game I always wanted, but it's... Yeah. In a pachinko machine. Yeah, it's like all the cutscenes. It's like you, you. This is like the art you wanted. It's, uh, God. It. Uh, I mean, I'd like to play Pachinko. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'd like to play this. Mm-hmm. I'd also like it to just be an MGS3 remake. Yeah. So there's a lot of people are speculating on Twitter and stuff that. They're either putting out feels for actually doing this, or that it's already in the making, or worst case and maybe likely scenario that it's an abandoned uh, MGS3 remake that they're just kind of 
repurposing. Yeah. Uh, I'd I'd say based on uh, what Konami's been doing, that's probably the more likely scenario. But I don't know. It seems like they've got a lot there. Uh, oh, there's there was there's a lot there, and a lot of them I've seen. Like like I was following the uh, Castlevania machines they did. There was a lot going on in there. Same with the uh, I think the last one I saw before this was a Fatal Fury machine, and still like. <laughs> full-on story and characters and progression and all that <laughs> shit. And it's like, God fucking damn it. Why can't you people just make the games too? Yeah. Like, you're, you're making money hand over fist on these machines. That's fine. But, like, put it into something else. Yeah, this should just... I want it. Ugh. It's just too bad. What? Uh, very strange. What a world we live in. Yeah. Um, and this next one, I l- let me just say, I told you. I know we talk a lot of shit about you, Nintendo, but I was also saying, every time we talked about you guys taking a dip, I'd say now's the time to buy stock in Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Someone in Japan was listening. Yeah. So, from Polygon by Brian Crescente. Nintendo becomes the most traded Japanese stock in any one day this century. Uh, bear in mind that we're only 16 years into this century. But, at the same time, Pokemon Go is uh, doing a lot for them. Blowing people's butts clean out. Yeah. I guess their stock's trading at $33 right now. Uh, It's below the high it hit in 2007 when it was trading Mm -hmm. in the mid-$70 range. And I guess that was the Kind of peak Wii U or Wii time. I mean, I'm serious. I might have to legit put some money into them the next time they screw up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hopefully, it happens before the NX comes out. And this this report came before uh, it, the game was even released in Japan. Mm-hmm. So. Things are looking up for them. I think I saw another thing that said that they were. They made like three or four million dollars the day that they launched. Okay. Might have been more than that, but I, they're making like a steady chunk of change every day. All right, now Nintendo, I need you. To, I need you to fuck up one more time so I can get in and get some cheap stock, and then just kill it. Just annihilate it, blow its butt clean out. Really stuck on that phrase tonight. Make me rich, Nintendo. Mm. This is uh, a lot from Polygon tonight. This is by Owen Good. Uh, A Florida man shoots at Pokemon Go players, mistaking them for burglars. Late night encounter and teen saying, did you get anything, set off the shooter. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Orlando Sentinel reported that in addition, to the pr- in addition to the presence of a strange car in the neighborhood and teenagers walking around at 1.30 a.m. on his street, the 37-year-old shooter believed there were criminals when one said to the other, Did you get anything? That's when the man stepped in front of their car, brandished his weapon, and ordered them not to move. The car sped off and the man fired at it, believing it had tried to strike him. The shooter was not identified in the story, though the Pokemon teens were hunting at the time were Marowak and Tauros. Uh, they didn't tell their mother about the incident until she kind of notice the bullet holes and flat tires caused by the shooting. 
dumbass. Mm. Florida, it should be noticed, has very expansive firearms laws, including a stand-your-ground statute passed in 2005 that just of course. justifies a citizen using deadly force to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. Fucking Florida. I'm sorry if, sorry if my left wing is showing, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, all of you right-leaning listeners, all negative one of you. Uh, Florida's stupid. Not Florida stupid. Their gun laws are stupid. Yeah, this is where Trayvon Martin was killed. Uh, that's another. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, what happened to calling the cops? <laughs> if you want to wait seven hours for something to happen, then go ahead. Okay, so Plan B is murder in Florida. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank goodness. No one died. It was just slightly awkward, and maybe uh, no Marowaks were caught that day. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, next article by Samit Sarkar. Pokemon Go player hits cop car while playing behind the wheel. Oh, that guy. He used to be on uh, Destructoid. Mm. Did you uh, watch the video here? Nope. It's only a minute and a half long. It's... Basically, three cops. Uh, three cops standing around. It's body cam footage. And then uh, they're just standing there talking, and this woman just comes down, mm-hmm. driving down the street, plows right into their cop car that's right behind them. Uh, luckily, no one's in the car. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then she, like, gets, gets out of the car. She's just like, that's what I get for playing this dumb game. <laughs> oh god this is in Baltimore 3.30am on July 18th you know I was talking with Ed about this and he's saying that like uh, where he is you see a lot of people out at night all times of the night due to uh, Pokemon Mm-hmm. And because of that being out at night, it's actually become a lot safer. Yeah, I went hunting with some friends, and we uh, went to Chico State, and Mm -hmm. it's it's weird. It's like 9 or 10 at night, and the the park in the center of the camp is just filled with people playing Pokemon. Mm -hmm. It's very, like, strange, like... You can walk past somebody on the street. People will be like, "Hey, did you catch anything?" Or like, it's turned like everyone on the planet into fishermen. Yeah, that's kind of tight, though. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very strange. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next article. By Julia Alexander, Pokemon Go players with physical disabilities want better accessibility options. So... Uh, what's the issue? Are we talking... Um... Uh, it's just, you know, every time something happens and something's popular, somebody's going to be like, but what about us, you know? What about us people with no hands? Uh, yeah, basically. Um... You know, and I read the, like, outline somebody wrote a while ago. It, um, it was long, and it was just like, you know, some people can't 
go outside because they have to, you know, they're bedridden and all. This oh, I, I did see something. Granted, not as angry. Um, something on well, uh, a couple angry? things on Facebook, which was like uh, thing things suggested. Like uh, one was a big list of just like good stuff to do since you're out anyway. Mm-hmm. Like keep some water bottles on hand if there's like homeless people or something or just some like <laughs> you know hand some water bottles out yeah. uh pick up some garbage uh, yeah you know just just and there was another one which I actually want to do if I can ever find fucking time to get out is to go to like like a like a children's hospital and drop a lure in it mm-hmm. so the little bedridden babies can catch pokemon mm-hmm. So yeah, that's tight. There's things you can do like uh, incense and stuff, but basically, you know, you're a lot of stuff is region specific, and you're not going to be able to get stuff um, until they introduce trading. Um, so yeah, people are just kind of calling for workarounds for that type of shit. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, it's definitely. Um Something to suggest. Something worth suggesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, yeah, drop lures at the children's hospital. Yeah, and normally I would say it's it's kind of like... It is what it is, but, I mean, in this case, it's Pokemon, and, you know, it's already... You've already reached such a wide base that it's like... Why not reach those extra few people? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to need to do updates anyway, fix some bugs and shit, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Did you put this in here? Uh, no. Uh, I think I wanted to read this. I'm not going to read that. Because uh, we talked about it before, unless there was like an update. It's an update. It's a long analysis about it, but I didn't even read it, so fuck it. Uh, so, um, what the f- Okay. Uh, there's a new trailer for uh, the new Batman Telltale game. Uh, anything especially interesting going on? Well, there? yeah, you can see it moving. Uh, oh, yeah. It looks pretty cool. Uh, they're kind of playing up on uh, a... <laughs> well, Troy, Troy Baker's doing Batman's voice. That's interesting. Mm. But uh, they're really playing up the whole Bruce Wayne, uh, Batman yeah. dynamic, which is really going to be the main gameplay draw. That's cool. Uh, what can you? What, how much can you do as Bruce Wayne? And how much can you do as Batman? Hopefully, this will be maybe I guess the game where the detective aspect is emphasized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not just that you know. It's you know, what do you do in the boardroom? Mm-hmm. What do you do when you're out in public as Bruce Wayne? Where do you put your money? Stuff. Yeah, how far in the direction of billionaire playboy do you go? Yeah. Do you do it like the cartoon where he's just kind of like a well-meaning normal dude? Or do you yeah. do like uh, the movie, the uh, Dark Knight films where he's just like a rich douche? Well, you know, I mean, how much do you engage in philanthropy and like socializing with different people? How much information can you get out of people? 
Um, yeah. Maybe we'll get to see Matches Malone. That'd be tight. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure how the Batman gameplay is going to work. Because mm-hmm. there's a bit of fighting there. But uh, yeah. see, it looks very pretty. It looks smooth. Let's hope it runs smooth. Um, yeah. I think I heard that they overhauled their engine, but that might just, I might be imagining that. I've heard that too. Mm. But yeah, uh, I'm excited about that. Um, the first episode comes out on August second. Well, I liked uh, I liked uh, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So I've got faith in Telltale, and uh, I love Batman. So. Yeah. This should be amazing. I'm definitely going to check that shit out. I love Batman, too. Uh, and you put this one in here. It's from Venture Beat. Ah, by the homie Jeff Grubb. I met him once. <laughs> but before he was a big shot writer. Uh, mm-hmm. He used to write for Bitmob. Uh, let's see. So the Nebula Awards sponsor Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association. Did I read that right? Yeah. And now accepting well, video game scribes. Yeah, not just uh, video games. Uh, people who make role playing games and tabletop games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting August first. Yep. So you can win more awards for writing games, uh, but don't have more than, was it one or two people working with you? Yeah, you also have to show you were paid at least 3000 for one full-length game. <laughs> I guess that's to prove you're legit. Yeah, so I'm guessing we probably won't see that many. No more than two writers can show up on the work. That's insane. I guess it's just so you can... Definitively attribute the writing to a single person. Yeah, but they don't do that like the Academy. I mean, you look at the amount of writers. I guess they kind of funnel it down in film, where they're like screenwriters, like story by, etc. Because when you really think it, when you really look at it, scripts go go through so many hands and see so many revisions, uh, I think the only time you're not looking at that is when it's one of those uh, written, directed, and produced by situations. Yeah. And like indie shit. Yeah, so I feel like this is probably going to... This is going to favor indies and yeah. like big name auteurs. Like I'm looking, I, I'm, I'm looking at The Last of Us and it's just writer is Neil Druckmann. Um... I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of kind of interested if like we'll be able to tell when someone is going for it, like a big name person in the industry steps away to start form their own company. If we'll be like, okay, he's trying to go for that Nebula award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I you know, kind of like when you, you see have, that. Have you ever looked moved. up the results of the Nebula awards? Well, no, but. They didn't have video game writers in it. Yeah, but they had science fiction and fantasy stuff. Well, I didn't even um, know it existed till now. Actually, I guess I, I think I remember seeing that Orson Scott card won one a long time ago or something. Like, they put it on the book. Is this before or after we found out about his, um... Yeah. Way before. It was in the 90s. Okay. 
let's see. Esports is approaching uh, the billion dollar market. It's from VentureBeat by Mike Minotti. I have not met him, but uh, he has said my name and read my words before on the BitMob podcast. It's uh, now a $892 million market. However, its growth is slowing. Um, The market's not expanding quite as fast as it once did. Research firm Superdata released some information... (sighs) <sighs> saying that by uh, 2019 it should be in that billion that one uh, that billion range namely uh, 1.3 mm-hmm. that's the prediction uh, they're also predicting viewership will go up in 2016 and will grow to about 303 million people by 19 mm-hmm. uh, League of Legends is the most popular game Earning $737 million in revenue, followed far behind by Cod Blops, near $300 million, and FIFA with $250. Uh, and Overwatch is in there now. Yeah, they're expecting Overwatch to really shoot up. Mm-hmm. It's it's popular. I'm hearing about it everywhere. Yeah, so esports is happening. Uh, apparently Asia's the largest market, followed by North America, hmm. then Europe. And 85% of esports viewers are male. Mm-hmm. 61% are under 25. Yeah, I guess Eva was on ESPN. Yeah, ESPN too. Ah. <laughs> Not quite there yet. I like ESPN, too. That's where all the weird stuff goes. I saw uh, championship dominoes on that shit. <laughs> was it all just old, blind black dudes? There was there was a team of two black dudes and two white dudes, and there was controversy. <laughs> because two black guys thought the two white guys were sim- uh, signaling to each other. <laughs> That's really funny. It was tight. <laughs> I see. They got like pro darts, pro pool, pro bowling, all that shit. Mm. I like the weird shit. Yeah. The Unabomber. Mm. Okay, this next article is really long. Uh, it's by Joseph Knoop on Polygon. It's called Games for Grandparents. Uh, and it's just talking about old-ass gamers and how people over 50 are, you know, that's a growing market. You know, people who were adults when they got into, like, a Pong and Atari and shit. But uh, you put this in here. Yeah, uh, hold on. Let me um, open it up and go over it really. Why won't you work for me? This uh, writer went out of his way to find, uh, air quotes, people of color for his uh, <laughs> cover image. And I can tell that he had to look hard because they're playing PS2 controllers. Yeah. <laughs> but they look excited. It's still mm-hmm. stock ph- photography, so yeah. that's nice. Uh, I mean, some of it is just happens in general where it's like why there's always a new Pokemon, there's always 
you know, there's always going to be a new crop of kids willing to take some stuff in. The younger audience is just easy money. Uh, as people get older, their tastes become a bit more discerning, and I want to say they're harder to please. Yeah. However, the trade-off there is that because of that, a lot of people, specifically folks looking for the easy money, are just not trying. And I don't know if it's really to say that, like, the games being made now aren't being, are actively, like, deterring or kind of, like, I guess there's nothing for the older audience, specifically for the older audience. We don't have any, like, I won't say we don't have any dad fiction games. I want to say Max Payne 3 is probably that. He's, like, an old-ass dude. But, like, you could probably tie some of this to, like, uh, the fact that I'm saying like a lot. MGS4. Oh, yeah, I mean, MGS4 right there. The Last of Us. Yeah. There's some there. Um, But when are we going to get some old ladies? Hmm. What was the last time I played as an old lady in a video game? (laughs) What was that, Graveyard game? Oh, yeah, Graveyard. (laughs) You play as an old woman, and you uh, sit on a bench and relive your life. And then, I think if you buy the full version for like a two dollars, uh, you can die. You could potentially die before making it to the bench. <laughs> I think you die on the bench. No, well, I think you die on the bench, even in the demo. Oh. Um. A passage might come close because you can get yeah, a well, companion. Age. You get a companion, and then you turn old. Yeah, you can either grow old together. Um, but you know, a lot of that is, um, well, for you know, the industry's flooded with dudes. But also, there's uh, in the next article we see that it's a lot of young people that are out here making games. Yeah, older people are not only having a hard time finding games for them, they're having a hard time getting into the industry, or in the case of the guy writing this article, get back into the industry. When you think about it, um, like Kojima's in his mid-50s, and that guy will always have work, but he's... Yeah, but he never left. Right. Uh, So you look at MGS4 and like 5 and that... He's kind of starting to tell the stories about older people. So, uh, there's, I mean, the industry is, like, also too young to have, like, 70s or... There's no Clint Eastwoods making movies, making games about being an old person. Mm-hmm. So, there's, but, there's nobody I mean, there to oops. have that perspective yet. Kind of, but, like, if we're we're keeping the old people out, then who's going to make it? The people that are in the industry. Well, I mean, well, then we run into the same problem we're having with women and minorities. I'm in saying when they get old, we're not, the same people. we're not going to get them yet. It's going to take, like, 10 or 20 years before people are interested in these stories. Yeah, but... Or maybe even well, sooner, you know, because we're running through a lot of ideas now, but... It'll happen. Yeah. What I'm saying is we don't necessarily have to wait till we get old and we're asking for it. I mean, especially since there are old people that are asking for it right now. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to see something like this. Yeah, I would, but I mean, it's just inevitable. As you know, it, as the developers that age, there's that starts to saturate more. We'll see yeah. it, and it'll be accelerated by the fact that we're just getting so much of the same shit. Eventually, people are going to start looking to where can we go and what stories can we tell, and they'll get yeah. there. Uh, I guess I gotta tell the same thing to these old guys. I gotta tell to the minorities and the women and the gays and everyone else who's especially weird or just not, you know, doesn't fit into that box. Mm-hmm. It's indie time. Yeah, pretty much. But I still can't even think of really any indie games where he plays an old lady, except for at the graveyard. Yeah, maybe I need to fix that. I got RPG Maker. I can make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing I always think about. Um, it's easy for people to point out a lot of stuff, but it's easier and easier for you know people to make stuff. Yeah. These days, shoot a movie on your phone. Mm-hmm. Found a list of <laughs> from the Mary Sue E3 games with playable female characters. There's a list of badass female playable characters. They're all young. Uh, yep. Anyway, let's see. Here's the next article. No, I think I believe that was it. Unless you had something. No consoles for old men. Ageism in the game industry. Yeah, we've already we kind of. I didn't go there yet. Oh, anyway, okay. this is from Gama, I was kind of going in this there. This is from Gama Sutra by David Mullock, and this is the guy you were talking about who mm-hmm. wrote about actually trying to find a job in the industry. Uh, so he's, I guess he's had, you know, Empire Magazine did a big list of the 100 best games of all time, and a lot of his work is on there. Uh, DuckTales, Heroes of Might and Magic... Vampires the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest one. Uh, yeah, a bunch of shit, but I guess he's been, you know... Uh, he's been he's been out of it for a minute, mainly doing, like, contract work and teaching game design. Mm-hmm. So he's still been in the industry. Yeah, not as directly. Mm-hmm. Like, he was trying to get back in there, and... Found a surprising amount of uh, resistance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad that so they're basically saying you know if you don't vibe with our who we are, you won't identify with our audience and all this shit. Uh, well, yeah. Sadly, like for anyone denying the fact that there's sort of like a, a culture of exclusion in these things, it's not just women. Not just minorities. Now it's old people. Yeah, I didn't know about this. I, I don't know. I feel like it. It is like he has been in the industry, but it's easy for us to look at that and say, you know, from the outside and look at that. But I think this might be a case of you know, it's like you. If you don't have a job for a long time, people you know look at your resume and they're like. What did you do for these three years? When but, but what have you? Yeah, I guess the same thing you run into with any, yeah, any job thing. Yeah, where, like, someone tries to infer some shit. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, yeah, it's hard out here for a pimp. Yeah, I don't know if the game industry is terribly... I think it depends on where you're trying to go. I, I think, because I don't know, it just seems like See, there's so I many people that have uh, stuck around and have such longevity and clout. Yeah, but they never left. Like, they aren't trying to get in as an old person. I can right, that's what tell you from what I'm, yeah, when I'm seeing, what I've seen just with other people that the older you get, the harder it is to find work in general and this industry seems to be no exception. Yeah, it's about even it's if, about experience. Even if you were prolific. Yeah. Um, but you know, the other thing is, a lot of guys like him. Um, it's funny that he. I guess this guy just wants a job. But a lot of those old guys, kind of veterans, who are locked in with their companies and their deals, turn to like Kickstarter, like. You look at the the Robert Space Industries guys, uh, whatever the hell that guy's name is, with uh, Star Citizen. Like he crowdfunded the shit out of it, and you know now he's, he's just running this gigantic operation. Or people like the Wasteland Two guy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I was just saying, um, a lot of older guys kind of have a vision. I guess, mm-hmm. and they get that spark yeah. back, and they kickstart their shit. Yeah, so maybe, again, the Indies are the way to go. If I think, yeah, with this guy in particular, that might be the best route to take. Yeah, but who knows if he has vision. I think it's, it seems like he just wants a job. Just wants to be part of something. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> but anyway, are you ready to move on to our topic? Uh, Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This week's topic is the pocket monster phenomenon. Pokemon, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really taking off right now on account of that Pokemon Go. Yeah, what was your first exposure to the Pokemons? Uh, first exposure ever? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. I guess just like commercials and shit for the cartoon. No, no, no. The game. It was the Game Boy game. I can't remember when I first heard about it, but uh, I don't remember the exact first. I just remember there was like a handful of kids who had like the Game Boy game. Um, hmm. it came out in nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've had vague impressions of the game. I think I saw the cartoon before I ever played the game, though. I feel like I did, too. But I also feel like I thought I was too old for the cartoon. But but looking at this, let me see when the anime came out. Because I know when, like, the first time I played, had had some real hands-on time with that game, I knew what all the Pokemon looked like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, came out in the States in 98, so 
I was 12. Yeah. I was still, like, really getting in the anime, so... <laughs> it was fair game for me. Yeah, well, my first exposure was probably, like, 95. I remember... Maybe 96, but I remember... My mom used to read to me that we go to bed. And she was reading... Uh, an article, you know how Tips and Tricks used to have like reports from Japan and mm-hmm. import shit. And I guess the article was, I think it was about the uh, seizures uh, and that happened in Japan. So that happened as she was reading me this article, but I remember she pronounced it Pokaimon. <laughs> she just saw the accident. But, uh, yeah, so on December 16th, 1997, more than 635 Japanese children were admitted to hospitals with epileptic seizures. Ah, uh, the Porygon episode. Yeah, it comes by watching an episode called Denno Senshi Porygon, must come translate Electric Soldier Porygon. Uh, this episode hasn't been aired since... Mm-hmm. There are bright explosions with rapidly alternating blue and red color patterns. Determined in research later that these strobing light effects cause some individuals to have epileptic seizures, even if the person has no previous history of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I wonder if people are like still fucked up from that. Um, not sure. I want to say that they altered the, um, the seizure bits in that episode and eventually released it stateside, but I'm not 100%. Yeah. But I wonder if, like, someone had, like, a really bad seizure and, you know, fucked up their whole brain or something. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. Yeah. And, you know, for how many... How popular it got. I don't know how popular it was at that point. Only 635. I guess that's a lot. <laughs> for When you started saying that for a second, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Lavender Town Syndrome. What's that? Uh, internet urban legend that um, some version of Pokemon had like a messed up version of the Lavender Town theme. And it would like make kids depressed and suicidal if they listened to it for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many urban legends. Did you have a Game Boy? Uh, no, I usually ended up playing other people's copies. Mm. I remember me and my cousins all got fucking Game Boy with colors for Christmas with copies of, of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I got blue. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Chose Squirtle. Uh, great game. Now, do you have a, a consistent preference in regards to the starters? Yes, always Squirtle. So, always the water type? Mm, well, that's the only one I've played. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I after the first Pokemon... I fucked with Smash. I tried to fuck with Stadium, I think. But uh, I was pretty much done after that. Mm-hmm. Or, not Smash, Snap. Snap, Snap yeah. was my shit. Snap was tight. 
Yeah. yeah, I was all about Snap. Uh, I only played Stadium in <laughs> the in-store kiosks. Yeah. Uh, I got a good ways through it. It was really popular. I think I tried to rent it a lot, and like I couldn't really... I think you had to own it for it to really work. Mm-hmm. Well, you had to use like rented Pokemon through the game mm-hmm. if you didn't like have the little connector bit. Mm-hmm. Because you could, like, stick your copy of blue or red in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fight with your Pokemon. That was a big deal. Yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they really... I heard that when it came to a Coliseum and whatever the sequel was on the cube, they were trying to, like tell a serious business story which is what I've been like crying out for the Pokemon games to do you know something besides oh yes catch all 150 travel across the blah 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 region mm-hmm. then eventually fight I don't know Lance or Red or your rival or all of the above or yeah you know the anime was really fun and had a really fun story with fun characters it was just fun fun silly billy uh, but I, yeah, I wanted that too. I wanted like a full 3D Pokemon, like walking around and shit. But I, I don't, I don't know if they ever made one. But I lost interest pretty much, uh, pretty fast. You know, now I'm playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, like um, what was I gonna say? I blew my dick clean off when I found out like the supposed, I don't know if they ever went through without right making it canon, but the supposed origin of certain Pokemons. Uh, the one that always, like the Pokemon that always confused me till I found out what the intended origin for it was uh, Cubone. Mm-hmm. Like the thing I would always like get stuck on and jo- even Joe, Joe's more in the Pokemon than me, but anytime I went off on this tangent, he'd just be like, ugh, whatever. So Cubone is supposed to wear the skull of its dead mother. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine its dead mother is a Marowak, which is a different skull, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with the intended origin for the Cubone, maybe like this is just the one progenitor that created other Cubones. I don't think this is how every Cubone occurs. But how that Pokemon came to be is, do you remember the Pokemon Kangaskhan? Sort of. That's basically the the giant ground type with the uh, baby in the pouch. Like a giant kangaroo. So, the idea behind the Cubone is that the mother, for whatever reason, dies. Leaving the little baby to fend for itself. So what does it do? It fashions a helmet out of its mother's skull and uses one of the bones as a weapon. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's apparently, I guess, how the first Cubone came into being, and or first couple. I'm I'm not sure how it works. I'm hoping that I'm I'm hoping every Cubone isn't an orphaned Kangaskhan baby, because that would just be too depressing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that drove me nuts. Um. I think a few other it, minor it, changes is like. Yeah, there's a description in Pokemon. Uh, go about that 
it's same thing. It wears the skull of its mother. But uh, it says that the little stains on the side are from its tears. Damn. That's some pretty bleak shit. Yeah. Hard out there for a pimp. Um, I forgot what else I was going to say in regards to that. Uh, about oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, the the they were minor. Like uh, there are theories that suggest Venonat was supposed to evolve into Butterfree rather than Metapod. Um, yeah, it kind of looks like it. Yeah, there were a few others like that, but I don't remember them off the top of my head. That um, the big thing, I guess, the big thing in regards to like Pokemon related theories and rumors was uh, the Pokemon War. Yeah. Where it's like, I think it's um, the line Lieutenant Surge drops when you, when you challenge him. He says, uh, I love lightning Pokemon. They saved me in the war or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah, and then it goes deep into like there's no adults. Namely, uh, no grown men who aren't either with Team Rocket old, like super old, like the only ones in... I don't know, let's call them, like, uh, let's say early 20s to, like, fathering range, like 20s to 30s or something like that. The only ones in that range are in the Navy. Mm. The only other, like, grown men are, like, old guys or, like, members of Team Rocket. Yeah. You playing Pokemon Go? Uh, yeah. Catch anything? I caught a couple things. Actually, it was funny at work. Uh, we were sitting in a break in the break room, and a uh, parasect showed up. Mm. We all caught one. It was tight. Like, yeah, this girl in the break room was like, "Oh my god, there's a parasect in here!" Yeah, yeah, we all just bust the phones out. That thing, that thing was difficult. I blew through like ten Pokeballs trying to catch that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm out of Pokeballs, <laughs> and like I'm in like a bumfuck mountain town where it's well. So finding Pokestops is a pain in the ass. Yeah, and also I, I don't know. Like I finally like last week. I think I talked about how I wasn't really that into to it, and how. But uh, I finally like went out with some people and did it and had it had it work. It's it's cool. I could. I mean, I'm I'm into it enough. But yeah, we'll see. I, I just don't know how long I'm gonna s- stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, considering how much battery it drains and and all that shit. But I kind of understand how the mechanics work now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. It's cool. I like I it. I gotta use it to meet chicks. Yeah. Uh, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> they apparently don't like that. Oh, whatever. I saw at least, uh, one story on the internet of some woman. I think, I think the article may have actually been called something along the lines of Pokemon Go is not consent or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, I saw some shit like that too. It's just like, this guy was asking me about Pokemon and he wouldn't stop talking to me and he, then he tried to ask me out to go catch Pokemon. It's like, yeah, I mean, 
dudes are going to be dudes, but I mean, at the same time, it's it's like anything else. We're a social gathering, you know. If you go to like a Pokemon crawl, you're going to meet people and yeah, I mean, I've stories about it already. So I know that that part's kind of interesting. I haven't really done that yet, so we'll see. It was kind of funny. I was like in a park at one point, just trying to kill time and catch some Pokemon, and like it's kind of funny seeing like the regular park people get all weirded out by all the Pokemon Go people. <laughs> We're all wandering around, sort of pacing back and forth, looking at their phones, and they're like with their dogs or exercising. I'm pretty sure I saw one guy practicing fencing with a wooden sword and shield. <laughs> Yeah, as we were driving through town today, I think I I saw a couple of different families with their phones out who I think were out hunting Pokemon. That was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, That's cute. Me and my dad were pulling out of this this job site we were working on today, this house, and uh, I saw this orange car coming from like a, about two blocks away or a block. It's like, she should have seen us, and then... Like the next thing I know, I look over and they're fucking. We're backing out, and the tires screech like right in front, like right behind us. Like she almost fucking rammed right into me. Damn. She wasn't paying attention. I didn't see if she had her phone, but I kind of. She had her phone. I was probably, you know, she's probably playing Pokemon. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a brilliant move for a. You know, they hooked us all mm-hmm. 20 years ago when we were kids, and now they got us. Yeah, they got us again. It's crazy. And, you know, that's why I'm wondering how, how much people will stick with this once they start. Once people catch all of these Pokemon that they know and they love, and they, they've they done all that's really to be done with, like, gyms and trading and shit like that, and then they start adding... Like, more Pokemon from, like, mm-hmm. the further generations. I think the farther they go with that shit, the, the, uh, you're going to see more people who've just, like, maxed out Pokemon yeah. they have, kind of drop off. Because I know, I, yeah. I, I just got, that's me, I don't, I don't give a shit about anything past the original 150. Like, I don't know what that shit is. Yeah, I'm nowhere near as familiar with anything past Gen 1. I mean, I'm playing... Uh, I've been kind of on and off with... Uh, I want to say it's uh, Diamond and Pearl or whatever the third one is. Um, one of the DS games. One of the later generation games. It's been kind of fun. It's been interesting catching Pokemon and not knowing what the fuck they are. <laughs> yeah... Because um, right now with this game, I'm just like every time it's like, oh shit, like there's a Geo dude nearby, or like, oh I caught a Growlithe, or there's a fucking uh, an Abra, but like mm-hmm. I know I'm not gonna have that when it's like, oh there's a fucking whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a whatever the hell that shit is. Yeah, a uh, Palkia. What the hell is that? I don't, I don't know. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Did you ever play the uh, trading card game? No, I it was that was too rich for my blood really? or my whatever. As a little kid, yeah, no, my parents didn't have money for Pokemon cards. 
I played them. I don't know. It was really fun. Uh, remember, uh, we went to the Marin Headlands and they wouldn't let us on a field trip for like a week. They wouldn't take us, let us take our you know, Game Boys or any electronics or like that. But mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of us, uh, especially Yu Chen, brought a bunch of Pokemon cards and we all played and it was super fun. Mistake. Yeah. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a interesting time to be a kid when Pokemon was taken off, because there was Pokemon everything. Yeah, Poke Fever. Yeah, you get them Pokemon drawls and your Pokemon underwears and your little Pikachu plushie and... Yeah. Weird little Pikachu... Digital pets with like pedometers in them and Pokemon pinball and all that yeah. other madness. Spawned twenty films. Yep, and there's more to come. Yeah, that cartoon is still going; it never ends. It's like every couple of years, Ash has like selective amnesia. He should be fucking thirty by this point. Not only should he be thirty. He should have caught all them goddamn Pokemon by now. <laughs> well, they keep adding more. Yeah, but like he also doesn't improve. It's like he 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 gets better with each series, and then like the new series starts and he becomes really stupid again. Maybe ever put it in Misty. No, I think he's come back to visit a couple of times, but uh. He's never done the deed. Yeah, he he seems to be eternally locked out of puberty. Hmm. Apparently, the WB, Sony, and Legendary are in negotiations for a live-action Pokemon movie. Live-action? That'll be weird. All right. Now we have to cast this. Uh, You know who I'm the most interested in? Brock? Brock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do we cast as Brock? This is crucial. Michael B. Jordan? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we have to... Seems too young. Or Dweeby. Yeah. A little older, a little Dweebier. Um, I mean, he's not Dweeby enough, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, hold on. Jaden Smith? <laughs> no, he's too. He might be a better Ash. Yeah, he probably. Yeah, we we get it for Ash, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Why don't we cast them as adults? That's much easier. Okay. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be a good Ash. Yeah, a grown-up Ash. Yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Christina oh. Hendricks as Misty. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I mean, there's really only three people you can cast as her. It's like her or like Amy Adams or Jessica Chastain or Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Damn it, he's dead. <laughs> so I was thinking, I was thinking, Giovanni, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Uh, who's Giovanni? That's the leader of Team Rocket. Uh, 
if there's going to be a villain, it's going to be him. Mm. Mainly because he might also be Ash's father. <laughs> Who is Professor Oak? Mm. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Mark Ruffalo is Professor Oak. <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. Yes. This is sick. We still need a Brock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this will work, but it'd definitely be hilarious. Ving Rames. <laughs> That's too much. No. Maybe Chadwick Boseman. Hmm. I think he could do it. Yeah. I still haven't seen the uh the, the dang old fucking the movie he did where he was James Brown. James Brown. Yeah. He's good. Mm. Had another name. Oh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Who that? O'Shea Jackson Jr. <laughs> I got nothing here. Ice Cube's kid. Oh, for real? Damn. Uh, straight out of Compton? I still haven't seen it. What? <laughs> it's good. Oh, I know. I intend to watch it. Let's see. So we're going... Grown up Pokemon. Ash Ketchum will be played by Joseph Gordon Levitt. His grandfather, Professor Oak. No, wait, that's Gary's. Oh, yeah, we need to cast Gary. You need a Gary. He's a cocksucker. Well, the thing is, is he stops being a cocksucker as the series goes on. He actually matures faster than Ash. I don't remember when it happens. <laughs> Domino Gleason? Yeah, thank you for a grown-up Gary. You want it to. You want him to only have the hint of a total cocksucker. I think Domino Gleason can do that because he can do piece of shit and like regular type dude pretty well. Mm. He's got a good range. Okay. Yeah. Did you see the Revenant? No, I'm gonna watch it maybe even tomorrow. You still haven't even seen The Force Awakens, have you? No, I'm working my way through those. Did you see Ex Machina? No. Would you slow down? (laughs) 2015 was the year Domino Gleason was shoved in everyone's face. Ah. He's good. I guess I missed it. He's good. Who's going to write and direct this? I don't know. It depends. uh, Like, who who we cast for that depends on what kind of story is being told here. Mm. What do we want to talk about that requires the cast to be all grown up. Well, we gotta think, yeah. What is this story? Ash is a seasoned Pokemon veteran. Yeah, but has he become a master yet? Yes. Well, maybe not. I don't know. He's definitely famous. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Has he challenged the, and possibly a member of the Elite Four? I, yes, probably. Has he challenged them? Has he defeated them? Maybe he's defeated a couple, but there's one like left that he hasn't yet. Like, like he's trying to beat Lance. That is, that is like gotten his ass whipped by. Yeah, he gets annihilated by Lance every time, and Lance is like the one thing in the way of him like challenging Gary. Yeah, for that spot at the top. <laughs> Uh, 
Ridley Scott, mm. Denny Villeneuve, which if you know anything about that guy, mm-hmm. it'd be a very dark film. Oh, dear. I don't know if we want to go that dark with Pokemon. Mm. Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, what'd he do? Nicholas Winding Refn? He did Drive, Only God Forgives. Ah! Uh, uh, so, it'll look cool. Again, might be a little dark. <laughs> a little grim for Pokemon. Oh, we could have it be like, you know... He could end up being like Takashi Miike. Uh, I don't know if I want to go with the original characters if we're going to go that, like, grimy. We gotta... Well, it doesn't have, doesn't no. have to be grimy. Zebra Man wasn't that grimy. Oh, yeah. Zebra Man was heartwarming. Yeah. I think it'd be a good challenge for him. Because he's starting to... He, he kind of... a trap. He was really broad, and then he kind of made a lot of commercial... Successful mm-hmm. indie films, and then, and now he's kind of focusing into this really art world kind of things. I think mm-hmm. it might be fun for him to to play and do something lighter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Has has Brock found himself a woman yet? Of course not. Now is he playing the field here, or does he just does he still just have no luck? Mm, a combination of both. Real regular type, thirty-year-old mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, he is a successful breeder now, right? Sure. Let's not leave. Let's not leave him completely in the in the mud here. Sure. Uh oh, Misty, what's going on with her at this point? Um, her mother is dead, and she has to fight her sisters over the will. What's in the will? Is it just the gym, or is there some huge amount of money, or anything? Yeah, we got to involve Team Rocket. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we need to cast Jesse and James. T- and the voice for Meowth. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, Gilbert um, Gottfried. I, I discovered that uh, love of Meowth is not exclusive to us. Everyone that worked playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, everyone loves Meowth. Loves Meowth. Gilbert Gottfried is Meowth. That might be too much. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's what we need. I think it's too, just too much. <laughs> uh, then we'd have to go. I think, I think, you know what? You're thinking, then we'd have you're to. Thinking we'd, right we'd have to go with Nathan Lane then. Nathan Lane. Uh, I feel like I should know. You know Nathan Lane. Lily, it's in the go in the bathroom. It's in the. He's car. Michael J. Fox's partner in life with Mikey. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That's the ticket. <laughs> or we, if not him, uh, John Lovitz. Uh, again. But we want Nathan Lane. Yeah, ideally, John Lovitz is the understudy. Nathan Lane is the ideal. Jesse and James are going to be tricky. Oh. I think we need to cast people who are known for being pretty. I, I feel like this is, this should be easy. I think Ryan Gosling could do Jesse. Yes. Or James. Wait. James yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're gonna cross. They're gonna cross dress, which is why I got confused. And he's buddies with Nicholas Winding Refn. There you go. Uh, who's our Jesse? 
want I want a well known person. I want a name. I want it to surprise people when they see her on screen. Halle Berry. <laughs> That's a ballsy choice. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't what I had in mind, but that might have to be it. <laughs> I'm going to read this back now. <laughs> this is Nicholas Winding Refn's Pokemon. Joseph Gordon-Lovett as Ash Ketchum. Domino Gleason as Gary Oak. Amy Adams as Misty. Chadwick Boseman as Brock. Mark Ruffalo as Professor Oak. Ryan Gosling as James and Halle Berry as Jesse. I'm down. This is a good time. I would go see this movie. Oh, and uh, Nathan Lane is the voice of Meow. <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. I think we have a hit on our hands. I think the most perfect casting we have there is Mark Ruffalo as Professor Oak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got anything else to say about Pokemon? Um, no, I think we covered, like, the the, the bare bones, the, the basic stuff. I mean, I want to say Pokemon's a topic that's worthy of its own podcast, but, uh, we don't really do that. No. At least not yet. No one knows what the future holds. Yeah, who knows if Joe could be dead in a gutter somewhere. God, I hope not. Yeah, me neither. But uh, anyway, uh, if you want to, you know, stay vigilant uh, for his return, you can find him at NAGP Returns on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's the real host of this show. I'm He's taking a sabbatical yeah, to find himself. I'm just a fraud. But you can find me at Hyper 90s. And I have a sh- on Twitter, and I have a show that I do called Hyper. Whenever he feels like it, yeah, pretty much called Hyper Nineties Zeitgeist Breakdown. Um, I'm trying to figure out a schedule for that. It might just be a when I feel like it show. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, where can we find your show? Oh, um, I'm, I was the designated weeaboo bullshit guy, so if you want to talk to someone about anime, you got to settle for me. And I'm at Twitter at Old Taku Connect. I do a show on the Hey Listen Radio Network uh, called Old Taku Connection, where um, I talk about Chinese cartoons made in Japan by Korean animators. It's, uh, it's an okay time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you can follow Hey Listen Radio on Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, Facebook, and subscribe to us on Google Play, Android, and iTunes. And I think that's it. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Oh, we forgot the final thoughts. Yeah. You got something you want to say? Uh, yeah. Um, you motherfuckers need to listen to me when I tell you some shit. I gave you that stock tip for free and only the people in Japan took it up. 
you know, I drop some gold from time to time. Uh, let's hope Nintendo can keep this up. Pokemon is uh, doing good. I can feel a bit less like a freak when I go out now, because everyone's in on the weeb shit. It's hard out here for a pimp, and by pimp I mean old people trying to get into the game industry, whether you're on the creative end or the playing end, so let's hope that changes too. And um, yeah, to all of you in the fighting game community, just, just, just stop touching people inappropriately. The stink, like, spreads. We all get it. We may not get as much as concentrated a dose, but we all get it. So knock it off, or I'll kill you. Joe K was just threatened to kill you. I'll do it. Protect you, Nick. All right, that's enough. Mm-hmm.